Welcome to Loaded Talk. I am the third most popular candidate, Frank. And along with me is uh, Captain Charlie Esquire. Hello, planet Earth. <laughs> I guess that's your, that's your go-to greeting then. <laughs> um, we'll actually talk about interplanetary stuff a little bit today, I believe. Um, so I have... Oh, I forgot to pull it up. I have some excitement um, that I accidentally did the other day. Hold on, don't switch over yet. I forgot to even do it. Um, I accidentally pissed off Nigeria. So, <laughs> it was an accident. But, uh, <laughs> so, you know, Nigeria right now is having, uh, I guess, democratic elections for the first time in, in a long time, you know? And, uh, I guess, so the U.S. is involved in it somehow. No. Well, <laughs> officially, you know, keeping it, uh, keeping it nice and, and legal and all that kind of legit, you know, you right. know with our legit elections. Um, alright, let's, let's do this. Okay, so, basically, Biden, uh, Biden tweeted this thing out, or his account, he doesn't know how to use Twitter, but uh, his account posted, uh, all Nigerians deserve a chance to choose their new leader through a free, fair, transparent, and peaceful process. As election day nears, I urge the political parties and candidates to live up to their pledge to respect the election results and support a peaceful transition. To which, I replied... I'm just going to miss the prince. We were working on this deal where he's going to send me $279 million for helping him out. hope this election doesn't screw that up. And so, uh, ends up, Nigerians are, I know they're a proud people, but they did not find that funny at all. I got, I got called a fool in three different languages. Wow. Yeah. I had to look it up some of the time. I was like, hmm, okay. Nice. Yeah, I was sending likes out because... Some of their insults are good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't pass that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, uh, I think some of the people were unaware of the Nigerian prince scam, which, of course, I don't even think comes from Nigeria. It's just, they, it's Nigerian prince. This was written on the paper all the time. Um, but there, a bunch of people said something to the effect of, it's like, it's that greed in your heart. Like that, and that is why you're able to be tricked and you'll always be a fool is because you live with that greed in your heart. <laughs> it's like, yep. You got me. It's <laughs> the seventh time I've been had by this scam this year. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so that's for, for days. For days I kept having like... Because uh, like I've had... I don't know how many people replied. I forget. But hundreds of people. Some of them weren't angry. But a lot of them are angry Nigerians. Hmm. Yeah. Some of them called me a Klansman. Wow. Uh, yeah. I think they were talking about, some of them were talking about stereotypes, you know, I'm like, oh, so you're probably a school shooter, and, uh, tweak the headphones there. <laughs> it was like, oh, you're a school shooter, and a Klansman, and, uh, you know, you're married to your sister, and all this kind of stuff. It's just like, wow, y'all, don't take jokes well. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think today is when the election results come in. Did it already happen, I wonder? I look real quick. Um... But uh, I guess, yeah, we're overseeing it to make sure um, it happens legally and there's no coup. And Let's see, Nigerian election. They're ahead of us. So if it is today, it should be done. Sorry, I'm curious now that I've angered that nation to see what happens. <laughs> With Hill 25, oh, incumbent APC president. Oh, so the incumbent guy. Uh, Muhammadu Buhari. Oh, no. He was term limited. Just tell me who won. Votes are counted after barely... Yeah, just tell me who won NPR. I don't know. After, after the gunmen left, many searched the ground for their belongings. I guess it didn't go that smoothly. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I thought we'd really straighten that out. We're good at that. Um, okay, well, I guess the one dude's term limited. Um, shit. Okay, this is not exciting. I hope that doesn't mean we'll have to occupy Nigeria temporarily. Oh, God, we probably will. One of those, yeah. It's like, sorry guys, y'all didn't do it right, so we gotta send in forces. You know, peacekeepers. Yeah, the UN peacekeepers gotta come in. I guess they're still counting. Uh, but I know everybody, there's some dude named Obi, or maybe it's, I think his last name's Obi or something, but he's with the Labor Party, and so he's, uh, 
because followers are obedience, ob- like obedience, obedience. Maybe it is interesting. Obedience. Yeah, but uh, they're very passionate about the fellow. All those pictures, he looks smiley and happy. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> but uh, anyway, and apparently there's some radicals that just don't want. Or, you know, radicals. I don't know who they're there, but they they look militant to me, and they don't want the vote to happen. So I have a feeling. Yeah, I mean, we've seen gunmen, so. I don't know. I don't know enough about Nigeria. I just worry about the prince. Really. <laughs> That's what I'm concerned about. Um, speaking of us doing everything legitimately, have you heard the various uh, Bill Clinton associate news over the last couple of weeks? No. Well, Charlie. <laughs> let's get Do right. tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. This Okay, so this one happened a while ago, but they just released an info. Arkansas cops rule suicide death in Clinton aid linked to Jeffrey Epstein, who was found shot and tied to a tree with an electrical cord around his neck, despite no sign of a weapon. So they they found this guy with an elect, like an extension cord wrapped around his neck, up over a tree. Um, he wasn't hanging, but the cord was kind of like it looked like I'm gonna hang myself, you know. Like it was draped. I think it was draped. I think because it was around his neck. He was down by the tree. But he wasn't hanging from the tree. Okay. Um, he had a shotgun uh, blast to his chest. So, like, you know, that's obviously the best way to kill yourself is with a shotgun. To your chest. Yeah, I guess you got a thumb somehow. Anyway, and uh, his car was on the scene. And he had some uh, boxes of slugs uh, in, in the trunk. No shotgun, though. No shotgun. So he, he hung himself and shot himself. And, I don't know, got rid of the gun afterwards, I guess. Impressive. Yeah, he's a talented fella. Um, so, like, that was the, like, so he killed himself, like, last year. Um, and I guess the reason it was held up is the family was petitioning the judge not to release information and all that. Um, but they finally did, and it was just like, yeah, he's, he's died. He died of suicide. That's sad. He shot himself and hid the weapon. Here's that screwdriver I was looking for. Sorry, ADD. Um, but that's not all. So like that that bit of news came out on... Oh, I scrolled down too far. What is that? Published February 22nd. So I don't know what today is, but... Oh, 26th. Yeah, so a couple of days ago. Um, from the... What is this? Daily Mail. So Daily Mail put that out, and so people have been... You know, like the Clinton body count type thing. Where they talk about, like, look at all the people associated with the Clintons that are dead, you know? So many of them died from suicide. Um, some of them, I think, in the Clinton body count graphics actually died from, uh, like, actual heart attacks and legitimate <laughs> things. But there were some mysterious, like, murders and, and suicides. And, and just the volume of them was always concerning. Um, but yeah, so this one was, once again, it's like, huh. So Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Clinton have an associate, had an associate, and a mysterious death. And then, <laughs> okay, let's see, New York, oh god, I hate these videos, all these sites you use, follow you around the website, you can go ahead and switch over, it's fine. Alright, new details emerge in shocking suicide of billionaire Thomas H. Lee. So, this cat uh, made a lot of money, um... His, his big claim to fame was, let me find it in here, was Snapple. So back in like the, uh, remember when Snapple was like huge? Oh yeah. Yeah, so he was, uh, let's see here. They oh had, yeah. They and have the riddles under their caps? They had something under their or caps. Definitions or, like, or something like they that. They said nice things or something. Yeah. yeah. So in uh, 92, he bought Snapple and then flipped it uh, to Quaker Oats in 94 and basically... At 32 times the price. So you know, he bought it for not much. And he was known for uh, doing these leverage buyouts where he pays a little bit and then like gets rid of all the assets you know, to help pay for the rest. Uh, but yeah, like 32 times the gain. And like Quaker Oats, of course, like kind of struggled with it and ended up flipping it, I think, later for a fraction of the cost because like, I don't see much Snapple these days. Yeah. Um, but so he, he was known for these sorts of, of these deals, these takeover deals. Well... He's also a friend of Bill and Hillary Clinton. He's got a house in the Hamptons that they, they frequent, um, or at least they've been frequent guests of, and they play golf together. But, uh, yeah, so billionaire financier Thomas H. Lee 
uh, one time envy of Wall Street, was found in his office bathroom with a single gunshot wound to his head and his, uh, and his Smith & Wesson revolver next to him. Seven, 78-year-old philanthropist. I mean, how many 78-year-old rich dudes? I mean, I understand if you're associated with, like, Epstein and you got to face that whole thing. It's like, no, 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 no. we're going to hit reset on this one, you know. Like, pull the plug, Nintendo's off. Um... Uh, but, uh, yeah, 78-year-old philanthropist and Clinton pal was discovered by a female assistant on the... And that's just rude. Female assistant on the floor of his bathroom in his family office in Fifth Avenue headquarters of his... I don't know, eponymous financial firm. Is that how you pronounce that? Eponymous? That's named after yourself. I know that what it means, but it's one of those words I've read and I've never said out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, there's just words you see all the time. You're like, I know what that means. It's like, how do you say it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it says in my head. In my head, I read that as named after himself. <laughs> um, yeah, the assistant went to look for her boss, a married dad of five, who pioneered the leveraged buyout industry because he hadn't been heard from. First responders found Lee, also a grandfather of two, lying on his side with self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Uh, of course, life-saving efforts didn't work, and the revolver that was there was his own revolver. Um, and I don't mean to make light of, you know, what looks more like a suicide than the guy who shot himself with, and then hid the gun somehow and, and all that. But it is strange for a guy. Like, this article goes on to say, like, he's not really earning the kind of cash he used to earn. Like, the firm that had his name um, back in the Snapple days, um, they ended up parting ways, and it kind of it was like a acrimonious, I don't know if it was a hostile takeover, but uh, it did not end well. And what one thing that probably irritates him is that firm still has his name attached to it, but he doesn't get any cash from that firm. And so they're still bringing in like a, a over a billion dollars per year in investment capital and doing God knows what with it. But, uh, but he, you know, he's he brought in, I forget, I mean, it's like a couple hundred million or a few hundred million, which I guess, you know, I could see someone going, well, you know, he ain't what he used to be. It's like, yeah, but he's also bringing in like, half a billion dollars plus in investment cash and like er, and he's like still earning gains it's like well the gains aren't what they were you know they were it's like oh, so you're not making 32 times the money but you're right. still positive and you're playing in the in the world of hundreds of millions of dollars so I, I don't think it's some sort of like oh I must you know I've done it now I've lost all this money like, yeah I mean it is a it is absolutely odd considering most people in that situation would pull like a Steve Jobs where, okay, I'm going to take what I have, I'm going to buy as much stock as possible, and I'm going to force my way back in. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, that... Was Apple public when he did that? Um, I can't remember. I don't either. I know that, yeah, he did his hostile take back over, which is pretty awesome. Like, yeah, I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of like Apple and Macintosh and all that. So, <laughs> but and Steve Jobs was apparently kind of a lunatic, but uh, I kind of like him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely an innovator. I got nothing I, bad about to, you know bad to say about that. But. I mean, and that's the thing. Some of my some of my qualms come from the nerdier side of things. Um, you know, like when they they're first to get rid of the floppy disk drive, first to get rid of uh, CD-ROMs or DVDs or whatever. Um, going now, nah, it's all USB. Um, you know the the idea with the iMac that you couldn't open it up and tinker. You know, and and which you know if you watch any of the stuff on him, that was always the pushbacks. Like computer people like to tinker, and he's like, we are not selling to computer people. We're selling to people who don't want to tinker. And you know it's true. I mean, the number of I remember iMacs when those first came out. How many? Everywhere, everywhere, ugly pieces of garbage. <laughs> I hated them, and they were slow, and you couldn't mess with the RAM. You couldn't do anything. I like to tinker. <laughs> my brain created a bad smell in my head whenever I saw one. They just would smell bad, to me. <laughs> like burning plastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Chance had one, and luckily it didn't last too long. It was fine. I mean, it wasn't a bad computer, uh, but you know, my complaint about Apple was always that Apple does apple tasks and they have lots of cool tasks and apple products are great for doing apple things um but if if you want to do anything you're not gonna be able to do an apple it's a closed system pretty much and uh so you know it's not linux it's even windows at this point is or i guess always anything pc you've been able to do 
more things that Apple didn't have to, or Microsoft didn't have to think of, you know. Um, but uh, oh yeah, but the, with the Clinton guy here, I don't know. Like I, I'm sure there's no note, um, but it, I don't know. It's very weird in the same week that it's discovered that the Clinton, the last Clinton guy that died, Clinton associate that died, um, didn't have a weapon with him. Like, another Clinton associate died. This time he has his weapon with him, registered to him. And I don't know, it just doesn't make... And, like, in this article, because he did it at his firm, uh, this guy who used to work with him, I think, at the last place or something, he was one of these guys that was reporting anonymously that, you know, was an insider of sorts. Uh, But he said that uh, it struck him as a big F.U. to his partners, uh, which, I mean, I get it. It's if you're gonna kill yourself, it doing it at your work is definitely bad for the people who have to keep working there. But it's your company, and like you have kids and grandkids, and I'm sure. I mean, he's a investor guy. I'm sure he's got trusts and stuff set up for these kids. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know why he'd want to tank his company. Like, it'd be one thing if you went to his other, the old company. Right. And it was like, pardon me, fellas, I gotta go to the washroom. And just went to, like, the conference room. Like, yeah. You know? Because then you'd be like, ah, oh, he got them. But, like, it isn't his own company. And, like, why would he want to say F you to his partners to the extent of blowing his brains out? Yeah, I don't know. It's... <laughs> I don't know how that gets back at them or... Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's just like, I'll show them. I'll show them. I, so I don't know. It's it's a weird, it's a weird theory. And of course, you know, it's sad for the family. Like I've had relatives pull this move and similar moves. Um, was it three fifty seven? Let's see. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, but you know, so it, it sucks, and it sucks for everybody involved. Um, but it's just it's always strange when they have Clinton ties. <laughs> All right. Start feeling guilty about being judgmental about it as I started talking. Okay, speaking of corrupt government people, we have our favorite family member of the government, old Hunter Biden. I guess I should show the headline. Man in the middle. This is from just just the news. Oh, it's even by John Solomon. John Solomon. So this is his website. He was working for I think the New York Post, uh, cracking the whole Hunter Biden. Uh, Burisma uh, story, um, which I guess we'll, we can talk about it. But he, you know, he did the whole investigative thing. I'm, I'm sure there's people with him, uh, but the fact that you know, I think he got he got some grief about it, you know. But it, now he started this new thing, and he's got some other investigative journalists with him. Great, yeah. So when he writes something, it means it's well researched. All right, did I even read the headline? Man in the middle. Emails show how cooperating Hunter Biden associate could dish on Joe. Um, so, there is a longtime Rosemont Seneca partner named Eric Schwerin. Schwerin. And uh, he is in all these emails with Hunter Biden. Um, I'm going to actually just get down to the, There's a summary down here that's good. And so, he's apparently turned state evidence or whatever i guess the doj has them talking because they're like look at all these emails that we have of yours it seems like you were involved and so they got them talking and here's the emails uh schwerin wrote he worked on joe biden's taxes and suggested the future president owed his son money in spring and summer of 2010 email state hunter biden and schwerin assisted the White House with documents for Joe Biden's tax returns after his first year in office as vice president. Okay, so that's very beginning here. Afterwards, they discussed diverting the then-vice president's Delaware state tax refund to Hunter Biden to pay off money the father allegedly owed his son. I am depositing it in his account and writing a check in that amount back to you since he owes it to you, Schwerin wrote to Hunter Biden in June 2010 about the tax refund. Don't think I need to run it by him, but if you want to, go ahead. And so, you know, one of the big things about Hunter Biden's stuff is, you know, a lot of people, oh, it's just, you can, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> uh, but, you know, people say, like, it's it's a corrupt kid, right? And they'll say, look at the Trump children, and they point to, I don't even know, like, there's a lot of Trump children, and they all do things, and they're all, you know, like, the Trumps, their business model has always been make money on the Trump name, 
you know that's that's like the whole that's the whole thing like they built buildings and after that they licensed their name um so like when donald trump was president i'm sure they i don't know i'm sure they slapped their name and got speaking fees and whatever it's all that you know crony crap that happens with everybody but uh but people say it to kind of divert from hunter biden like, what does it matter? It's a, it's his son, you know? It's his, son. his son's a, an adult, a separate person, but they treat him like a child. Um, they say it's a separate person. It's not Joe Biden. Joe Biden's not corrupt. Hunter Biden is just kind of a loser and a crackhead. Um, but if they commingled funds, that is where the problem is. And so with this, it's like, okay, you know, yo, Hunter, a good amount of cash. Um, and later on, there'll be something about, you know, my Hunter... Pay, like in, in the some of the emails that came out, you know, Hunter's paying tuition for other kids, and like he pays lots of house bills, and he pays for all this stuff. Where it's like Joe Biden's house bills, and uh, and here later, you know, he'll fix up the house. So it's uh, you know, if if he and his father's finances are all intermingled, then it makes it a real gray area of like, well, whose money was it? I mean, it's Joe Biden's name, and y'all share an account, y'all share expenses, y'all share all sorts of stuff, share photos of, did we talk about that photo, that one time uh, Joe Biden sent Hunter a text that was just like, like, hey man, I need you to do something, or hey, how you doing, or whatever, and so I guess he was mid-coitus, and, uh, and so, you know, he sent this picture back, a little selfie of him, with, you know, this girl bent over, in the, in the dog style. Um, but, uh, he's just sort of picture back, like, Poof, like, this is what I'm doing, Dad. <laughs> Good for you, son. Interesting reply. Yeah, like, who the hell would send that to their dad? Like, I, you know, I guess it's not as weird as a daughter doing it, but it's still weird. Like, I would never do that. Whatever. And I don't know anybody that would. Seriously. <laughs> like, I don't know one person that has that kind of relationship with a, with a parent or older relative of any kind or any... There's I, there's probably some, like, bros that would send that kind of thing to their bros. Right, right. Yeah, but that's as far as I can figure it out. Um, oh, anyway, I got distracted. All right, so we've got uh, number two. Schwerin wrote an email suggesting Hunter Biden paid some of his father's expenses. Oh, there we go. In July 2010, Schwerin wrote an email entitled JRB Bills using the future president's initials. It's listed... A series of expenses from Joe Biden's lakefront home in Wilmington, Delaware, that Hunter Biden allegedly paid. Includes uh, $1,200 for air conditioning at my mom's cottage, and another $1,500 to paint the back wall, uh, $500 for shutters, $2,600, like the magazine, uh, for building or repairing a stone retaining wall. So, you know, I was like, all right, he's paying for the maintenance on his dad's lake house and paying for repairs. Like, well, okay, I mean, good son, nice thing to do, okay. But still getting a little gray. Yeah, is the goal to muddy it up enough to where you can't figure it out? I I think, personally, I think that there's no goal necessarily in these expenses. I think it's just been um, this mush of, like, I think their funds are tied together because they're in business together. And because they're in business together... You know, obviously Joe can't be the one making the money, but they all know they all know the score. You know, and so it's uh, in that one text that Hunter sent to his daughter, like, unlike uh, Pop Pop, you know, I won't make you pay fifty percent. Where like he implies that Joe Biden forces Hunter to pay him fifty percent of his income, which makes sense when a hundred percent of your income is derived from doing your dad's bidding based on his name. You know. Um, that would be a partnership. <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot easier if uh, if you're hiding funds. You know, if uh, if we had a, an account that we both had access to, and it was just like, listen, like, I don't pay Charlie money. He just happens to spend about eighty thousand dollars a year out of my account. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, then uh, in the same summer, twenty ten. Joe Biden, 18 months into his eight-year term as Obama's VP, Schwerin and Hunter Biden discuss exploring what Joe Biden could make in the private sector in an email entitled JRB Future Memo, um, which, of course, is 
good to look to your future. And in 2010, the funny thing about this is, 2010, 2011, is uh, the Obamas were kind of looking at stuff too. Their polls were real bad. This was like during the Tea Party uh, uprising, where people were like really upset with Biden. And, uh, and so there was good money that Obama wouldn't win re-election. You know, it was not a sure thing. Um, if Romney wasn't such a poor candidate, you know, he probably would have been a one-term guy. Um, old Ron Paul would have won. Um, but, uh, he's like, your dad just called me about his mortgage and mentioned he'd be out a lot soon and not really back until Labor Day. Uh, he sent to Hunter Biden on July 6th. So it dawned on me it might be a good time. Also, you could use some positive news about his future earnings potential. It's a good time to discuss, you know, discuss with Hunter Joe Biden's future earning potential. And it's like, okay, well, why? That's a good conversation to have with Joe. Um, but it's like you're going to decide it all with Hunter and then come and present it? Okay. Like, who? Why? Why, yeah, exactly. And especially when, like, formally speaking, it'd be one thing if... Uh, if Hunter's, uh, Hunter had a job and it's like, uh, you know, well, there's Joe Biden Incorporated that, uh, that we've used for a while for speaking fees um, and for books. And so, you know, Joe Biden Inc. is actually run by my son Hunter. So Hunter is the president of Joe Biden Inc. And therefore, that would be the private sector thing. That would make sense. But that's not what his job is. His job is totally disconnected, apparently. His job is Rosemont Seneca and all these boards. All right, let's see. Oh, here's a big one. Schwerin was involved in the Biden family's initial discussion with Chinese energy firm CEFC starting in 2015. So CEFC first approached Hunter Biden about making a donation to the U.S. World Food Program, which he served as the honorary chairman, which means you don't do anything, according to Schwerin's own correspondence. Hunter was recently approached by a large privately owned Chinese corporation called CEFC Energy China and has a U.S.-based foundation. They'd like to explore making a donation to the World Food Project, uh, and their CEO would like to meet with the appropriate person at WFP USA the last week of October when he's in the U.S. My assumption, based on the conversation I've had with him, is that this would be more than just a token donation. So we're talking a real Skrilla. Um, so soon, Hunter Biden and his partners would steer the discussion to personal business when Hunter Biden was invited to a private meeting in December 2015 with uh, their chairman, Yi, probably Kanye. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm confident that many interesting projects may come out of that in the future. A business associate wrote, uh, as why should attend, as just the news, the Washington Post and others have reported, CEFC courtship eventually landed the Biden family a large diamond as a gift and a no-interest forgivable $5 million loan that enriched the family. Like a forgivable loan means it's just free money, but you get to write it off. You know, it's not a gift. It's a loan. But then every year you go, hey, man, well, we'll forgive this much of it and write it off slowly. And then, yeah, just a, a diamond. That was a big part of this thing, too. This Chinese energy firm, which they say is privately owned, but nothing's privately owned in China, especially not if you're, it's a major company, you know? Yeah. And they just go, would you like a large diamond? I'm saying, I would love a large diamond. Thank you very much. And, like, it, and of course, it didn't get reported and all that. And uh, I think somebody was looking for the diamond, maybe in Hunter's divorce or something like that. And he's like, what diamond? Oh, what diamond? Huh. And which he very well could have lost to a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I assume he's lying, but he could have lost the diamond to, to a hooker. It is possible. <laughs> so maybe he's honest about that. He's, he's surprisingly honest with the hookers. Like, the videos that he takes? Is it just because he's high on crack? That probably helps. That probably helps. Um, but, but, you know, these videos come out and uh, from his laptop, of course. And, like, he's just hanging out with these hookers and smoking crack. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll talk about all sorts of stuff. And he's just like, well, yeah. You know, he, he talked about losing. He's like, well, I lost the laptop in the past. I think maybe the Russians got it. And so the hookers film, and it's like, well, why? Why would the Russians? It's like, I mean, because who my dad is, you know? My dad's probably going to be president, and, you know. It's like, oh. It's like, yeah, to get another laptop. And he's just like, I think I lost a laptop to the, to the Russians. But he'll talk about, you know, his name and his pool with his dad. I mean, he never... 
he hasn't gone as far to outline the business structure, but I'm, I'm not sure that he understands the business structure. He shows up to, to get the sacks of cash, you know? But yeah, when it comes to him and his hookers, he's very honest. All right. Let's see. Oh, here's another relevant one. Um, Schwerin warned Hunter Biden he had undeclared income from Ukraine, on which he owed back taxes. So four days before Donald Trump assumed the presidency, Schwerin warned Hunter Biden that he had not paid taxes on approximately $400,000. He had been paid by Ukrainian gas firm Burisma in 2014, and he had filed an amended return. Uh, 2014, you joined the Burisma board, and we will still need to amend your 2014 returns to reflect the unreported Burisma income. Uh, this, that's approximately 400000 extra, so your income in 14 is close to $1.25 bucks. Um, which that caught the attention of investigators because it also described other transactions as quote-unquote phantom income. And, yeah, he issued a statement saying he knew it was under investigation for tax stuff. Um, oh, here's a good one. We might wrap up on this one. Yeah, so... Uh, several emails on the laptop turned over to the FBI chronicled instances in which Hunter Biden and his business partners monitored official actions or speeches by then-Vice President Biden to conjure up business ideas. Schwerin engaged in an email discussion about one such opportunity, which targeted a Russian oligarch. Shortly after then... Uh, then President's uh, Vice, uh, excuse me. Shortly after, then Vice President Biden gave a speech in 2011 in Russia that mentioned the U.S. aluminum firm Alcoa. Hunter Biden pitched an $80,000 business deal to Alcoa to research controversial Russian oligarch named Oleg Deripaska, who also was in the global aluminum business. So basically, they pitched like. Hey, you know how like you're an American aluminum company? Well, there's a big Russian firm here. And why don't we investigate whether it'd be fruitful for y'all to do business together? We'll look up the, the head guy, tell y'all about him. Just 80000 bucks. And so, you know, it's it's showing that one of the one of the business strategies for Rosemont Seneca was Joe Biden's actions and speeches and then flipping that for personal enrichment. And so when you add that to like the 10% for the big guy, um, when you add it to, you know, uh, 50, you know, 50% to pop pop and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, okay. And, and even, uh, when they signed a deal with, I think the Chinese energy company that was talked about in here, uh, Hunter wrote over on air force two, like Joe Biden was in official capacity flying to China to talk about whatever the hell. And then Hunter Biden just tagged along. He's like, well, I'll just whip my kid around. And he's like, okay, that's cool. And then, like, within, I forget, within, like, a couple of weeks or something, this deal was inked. So it's like, well, he obviously flew over on Air Force Two to sign an energy deal, or a deal where an energy company in China is paying Hunter and Joe. And then in Ukraine, there's energy company paying Hunter and Joe, allegedly, of course, all these things are allegedly, uh, well, they're definitely paying Hunter, but allegedly 10% for the big guy. Um, and and also Russian. And, you know, the, you got Russian aluminum. There's the, the mayor of Moscow uh, gave Hunter, I forget, uh, one or two million bucks or something like that. And um, and so that's the weird, that's the, that's the challenging part to all this is that obviously there's some tension in Ukraine uh, involving Russia. <laughs> and there's some tension in China. And our our chief executive was getting personally paid by all three nations. Um, and so it's just like, okay, well, I guess everything can be trusted, right? And this is just to broker deals between U.S. companies and their respective country companies? It was different for different ones. Like, so that one was about, um, the aluminum one was kind of a working together type thing. Burisma, they just put them on the board. So Burisma is a gas company, natural gas. And so they just put uh, Hunter Biden on the board and paid him, I forget what it was, something crazy, like 50 grand a month or something wow. to be on the board. Yeah, he had no experience in energy, no experience in anything. And he's a crackhead. And he's a crackhead, yeah. And, uh, and Burisma is like a big energy firm. And around that time, like for Burisma specifically being Ukraine, like 
Obama named Joe Biden as his chief guy on the ground. Like, Joe Biden's in charge of Ukraine. And, uh, and we sent at least a, it was either a billion or a trillion or something. It was a massive number. Um, maybe, I guess it probably wasn't a trillion, but it was like a billion or a hundred billion or whatever. Um, but we sent like a billion dollars in humanitarian aid, um, to the equivalent of like Bank of America. It's, I forget the name of it. It's like Privat Bank or something like that or some bank. Um, but the head of that bank also may have been a founder of Burisma or something like that. There was some overlap. Uh, but the funniest part about that money is it went over into that bank account to then be dispersed uh, to Ukrainians and all that. Uh, instead, it just um, just went away. No one can find it at all. Like hmm. Not one person knows where the money went. It left that bank and then kind of just went, and it's just gone. <laughs> We just sent a billion dollars into a black hole. And, uh, yeah. And then after that, Hunter Biden started getting paid. So, you know. And that guy that owns the bank, he wasn't allowed in the United States because uh, he's, like, a criminal, allegedly. Uh, but he was banned from travel to the United States until we sent that billion dollars through his bank. And then suddenly he can come back over and party because, you know, now he's a good guy. <sighs> so, you know, just business as usual. You know, I might jump to... Uh, this other thing, just while we're talking about that. So, speaking of all of our good work over there, Biden just visited Ukraine and promises new military aid during the the historic visit. So it was about one year after the invasion. So he goes to Kiev and uh, he gets all his pictures taken. Where you know Zelensky's still still wearing his green fatigue type stuff. Like that dude never get. I mean, he's just constantly at war and he just doesn't have time to put on a suit or change or even put on a different pair of clothes he's just got that one pair of military style casual clothes that's <laughs> uh <laughs> he opened up his closet it's just one set hanging <laughs> yeah just one hanger <laughs> but uh but biden biden said there's a 500 million dollars uh, worth of additional aid coming ukraine's way yeah yeah uh, it'll include artillery ammunition ooh anti-armor systems, and air surveillance radars to help protect the Ukrainian people from aerial bombardments. Like, how is this not... I mean, Russia says they're already at war with us, and they're right, you know? Like, we, it's stupid to pretend like we're not at war. And I, Some people go, hey, this is a lot cheaper than sending... You know, we don't send troops, we're just sending guns and bombs and stuff. Like, let them fight them, let them destroy the army of Russia. And it's like, yeah, but they're a nuclear power. Right. And, like... We are clearly, clearly involved. And at what point do they just say, like, yeah, we're at war with America because because of all these things. And so now, like, domestic strikes are on the table, you know. And maybe that's foolish. Maybe. But some say that Putin's got, like, a brain tumor. And maybe he kicks it and the next guy wants to be real strong Russia, you know. I think this is his last battle, so to speak. Yeah, might be. Um, freedom is priceless. It is worth fighting for as long as it takes. And that's how long we're going to be with you, Mr. President. As long as it takes. Uh, Biden tells him, as long as it takes, we'll be with him. And of course, uh, part of freedom is if there's a political party that opposes the president, you have to ban that and you make it illegal. Um, and if there's a religion that's kind of problematic, you need to ban that and you make it illegal. So that's uh, Zelensky did that for the good of Ukraine. He banned the opposition political party, mm. and because uh, he thought they might be too friendly to Russia, and then he banned the Orthodox Church, uh, Russian Orthodox Church, which is a major church in that area, um, because well, they might have been smuggling in arms through the church. I mean, they, they there's reports that they were, but uh, either way, the whole religion's banned now. So you know, freedom, freedom. <laughs> Uh, oh, this is the best part. This all seems familiar, like we've seen this before. Nah, but. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> World War One? What? I don't. <laughs> who needs things? Um, so Biden appeared to make no mention of fighter jets, which yeah, okay, they want fighter jets. They can't. They don't send them fighter jets. Uh, but this is the best part during the photo op. Air raid sirens blared as Biden eight. Biden's eighty already. Biden eighty walked with Zelensky through central Kiev. 
but there were no reports of Russian missiles or airstrikes. So, like, there's reporters that have been in Kyiv for a while, and they say, like, I've been here for, I forget, three months, let's say. Uh, like, I've, I haven't heard an air raid siren the entire time I've been here, but Biden shows up to stand next to G.I. Zelensky, and, like, suddenly for the photo, so it's like marketing? Is that... It's, they ran that air siren to make him look tough. They're yeah. Like, we are, it's like, we're here. There's an air raid perhaps going on. We don't care. <laughs> In the name of freedom. In the name of freedom. <laughs> Straight. Oh, man. And you know the weird thing about... It's, it's so strange to me that... You know, supporters of our involvement in this war say, well, we have to support the Ukrainians, otherwise they might lose the war. And it's like, okay, I mean, that's true. They might lose the war if we don't, um, if we don't do this. Um, but a war going on for two years versus, like, six months or whatever, um, a lot more people die over the course of two years. And, like, look at how much of Ukraine has been destroyed and I know that, like, BlackRock has been over there, that they're going to help invest. In, of course they are. Yeah, they're going to help invest the money, which comes from somewhere. Um, and so, like, basically the U.S. money is going to be committed to rebuild Ukraine. And BlackRock's going to help with all that, uh, with all the investments to help it grow. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, it, but it's somehow... Somehow it's anti-Ukrainian to say it might be better for fewer Ukrainians to die and fewer buildings to be destroyed. Uh, especially when the areas that you'd probably have to give up if you're Ukraine. Like, before, there's reports that Boris Johnson went to Ukraine in the beginning when they were kind of negotiating for peace, or they were about to, and said, don't, don't do that. Like... We're about to come in with a bunch of stuff for you. Do not negotiate. So since then, Zelensky is like, the only thing we'll settle for is get out of my country and Putin steps down and all this stuff and give me back Crimea. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, like, you don't actually have those cards. Like, you don't have those cards. How about just get back, keep Crimea, you know? And even though those two regions, you remember that first day, excuse me, that he went into the Donetsk and... Um, Oh, what was that other region? Basically, he just walked in, you know, no, not one shot fired. And I remember thinking, like, well, that was quick. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, well, I guess he has those now. Like, what, uh, what's the response going to be? And, you know, I don't know why he decided to go further. Uh, maybe he just thought, like, well, screw it. They didn't stop me here. Maybe I can keep going. Um, and he probably thought that Zelensky would do what most Ukrainian leaders do, which is, take all the state funds and go run away to like Malta or something like that, you know? Um, but, uh, but really like during negotiations, I think a lot of it was to keep those two regions that have been like Ukraine's been in a civil war for a while. Cause like the ethnic Russians kind of want to be more Russian than Ukrainian. And obviously Ukraine doesn't want to give up land to the Russians. And so when they were a puppet state for Russia, it was kind of, it's kind of a little easier. I was like, hey, look, we're, we're all Russia. But then now that they're a puppet state for America, it's, uh, you know, it's tense still. So, like, it's one of those, like, okay, you give up regions that arguably want to be part of Russia, um, you know, for better or for worse. I mean, it's not like Ukraine's a dream place. Um, it's like that. So you give those areas up. You don't have to fight those people. You know, there won't be that civil war anymore. Um, and then maybe, like, this would have been done after... Maybe six months. Maybe we didn't have to go to violence at all. Because uh, at the end of this, I mean, they're going to have to compromise at some point. Like, they're going to have to. There's just no... There has to be a way to get out of this. And compromise, both sides lose a little, you know? So it'll be like, hey, Russia, you know, you're going to kind of be defeated in this. But you get to keep Crimea and maybe one other region or something. Um, like, Ukraine, you don't get Crimea back. Like, sorry, like, y'all just need to shake. It's either that or y'all fight for, you know, do fight for five years and just destroy the whole damn nation, kill all the Ukrainians that stay. And it's like, yes, but we're doing good against Russia. It's like, you're not doing anything. You're dying <laughs> as a nation. When it's like, uh, what if the concern, as far as that goes, what some people might be concerned that if you give Russia a little they'll go after a lot 
or, or along those lines, something like that. Yeah, and I, I get that perspective. Like, it's like you can't reward them for bad behavior and all that. It's like, okay, we are in a conflict over land. We're on a border dispute, basically, right? Russia says, and this is what they said for Crimea, too. They're just like, this area is full of ethnic Russians, and they are asking for help because they're being oppressed by the Ukrainian state. True or false, whatever. That's their claim. Um, and so that's why they stepped into Crimea to help with the conflict to make sure ethnic Russians didn't die. They were peacekeepers. Legitimately, that's what they said, you know, which... Where did they learn that language from? You know, like it's not like they invented that stuff. Like we've been being peacekeepers in the Middle East for a long time, um, and so you know, they already came in. They already came in, and took a little. You know, and and so anyway, but to get out of this land dispute war, it's like okay, so what do we get? Like Ukrainian for Ukraine to say, well, the only thing we, can, we accept is total surrender and leave everything you know it's like okay no that's great that's great you don't have an army like even with all the stuff we send you you don't have that you don't have that you can defend most land not lose anything else uh, but like and for russia to go you know like whatever like we'll just stay here forever and keep fighting and uh, it's like but what do you actually want you know like what is it that you want do you want all of ukraine and really i don't think they want all i mean sure they'll take it you right know? yeah but like I don't, I don't even think that was the goal. I think what they took that first day was pretty much the goal. And then they're just, and I think that's when they were like, screw it, let's see what else we're going to do. Right. You know? Um, as a, And I think that was a warning to make sure other nations didn't join NATO. You know? Uh, I, I don't know how that's the best argument to say don't join NATO. Oh, that's right. We, we moved in weapons into NATO and that triggered Russia? So NATO was formed um, as... Uh, to battle the Soviet Union. Um, and so it was like a unified, it was America, and it was a certain number of countries, right? And so it was like if the Soviet Union attacked any of these countries, like America's jumping in, and so are these other cats, you know? Um, and then the idea, like it's something when the Soviet Union fell, uh, it became Russia. And so we were like, well, we're going to keep NATO, because we don't know if they're really gone. Soviets might be back. And then, but a couple different uh, presidents promised, like, we won't go further... Uh, east than the certain line. Every president has, though. We're like, <laughs> we'll add another. Like, I mean, we don't add, but we pretty much, you know, run NATO, which I think we should just pull out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we keep getting new countries bordering on Russia, and all of them have the the mission to be opposed to Russia. I mean, that's the the sole purpose of NATO is opposition to Russia, and so we keep mo- we keep bringing in other countries to be anti-Russian. Like, allegiant to anti-Russia, right? And so it's understanding, understandable why somebody would feel surrounded when they're literally surrounded, right? you know? <laughs> and so Ukraine was talking about wanting... Like, we, we overthrew the government in Ukraine to put in a U.S.-friendly government. Um, you know, thanks to Joe Biden, Barack Obama. Um, and so after we did that, it's like, well, maybe they join NATO, too. He's <laughs> just like, no! <laughs> no more NATO! And so, you know, the invasion was bad. Um, you know, you're not, you shouldn't, like, invading a nation is bad. You know, Russia is not in the right. Um, but it's not like Ukraine or America or NATO has been this innocent bystander that one day was like, oh, Russia's being so mean. <laughs> like, we've been kicking them and, like, poking them. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Look at us well, now. Yeah, and then, we, we, and then we, they do something, we go, I can't believe they did that. Like, it's... We, the audacity. I know. We're trying to have our cake and eat it, too. It's ridiculous. All right. Let's see. Let's jump past some stuff we might talk about later. Um, let's see. Oh. Well, yeah, let's do NASA. Then we'll touch on the old Trump there. All right. NASA confirms it shifted uh, nearby asteroids' orbits on the first ever planetary defense test. Alright, oh, so this was back from October. Um, but there's a couple of things that kind of tie all the space stuff together. So, you know, back in October, they confirmed that uh, they ran a planetary defense test uh, with success, uh, marking the first time that we ever altered the trajectory of a body in, sta- uh, a body in space. Uh, space agency said in press release on Tuesday that its recent double asteroid redirection test 
in which it slammed a spacecraft into a nearby asteroid in an attempt to shift its trajectory, successfully altered the asteroid's orbit. This marks humanity's first time purposefully changing the motion of a celestial object and the first full-scale demonstration of asteroid deflection technology. So what's, uh, what are your thoughts on that there, Charlie? I know you want to talk about it. Well, it's just, you know, it, this ties in, you know, I hear a lot um, both sides about, you know, fixing this planet, uh, jumping to other planets for survival, which sure. is inevitable self-destruction of this planet. Yeah, um, like the Musk plan versus... Right, the, yeah. and, you know, Musk gets a lot of a lot of flack for focusing on Mars so much, but let him take that aspect of right. human survival. Sure. And this is the other aspect. I think this is a good appropriation of funds. Um, they don't go into detail as far as how much it shifted, but it only takes a little bit in space. Yeah. Um, so I just think this is... This is a win for the home team, so <laughs> The speak. home team of Earth. <laughs> yeah, my only concern is just, um, I, I mean, obviously this test went well. I just don't want us to get cocky, because, like, I don't know how much we really know what we're doing. Exactly. You it's know? definitely a test. Because, like, we deflect it, and it's like, hey, it, it missed Earth, even though it was going to miss Earth, but we kind of deflected it to test it. It's like, and then it hit, you exactly. know, Titan. You know, the moon Titan. It's like, what did that do? Well, it destabled the planet, and now we've destabled the solar system. Right, yeah. or if, if it, ric- it causes ricochet, and yeah. now you've got multi- multiple bodies you weren't expecting to have to manage, now you're managing those. Yeah, because it's just like, oh, good, we missed it. Like, in a vacuum, in this vacuum, it looks good. It's like, well, what happens over there? It's like, that'll go over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, this, uh, you know, I sent that over, and it reminded me of something else that just popped up this year, or this this week, uh, something that kind of goes along with my concern of them not knowing what they're doing. Um, so, you know the James Webb Telescope? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. So, the James Webb Telescope detects evidence of an ancient universe-breaker galaxies. Uh, it detected what appear to be six massive ancient galaxies, which astronomer, astronomers are calling universe-breakers because their existence could upend current theories of cosmology the objects date to a time when the universe was just three percent of its current age and are far larger than was presumed possible for galaxies so early after the big bang if confirmed the findings would call into question scientists understanding of how the earliest galaxies are formed Uh, these objects are way more massive than anyone expected said joel leha an assistant professor of astronomy and astrophysics at penn state um we expect only to find tiny young baby galaxies at this point in time, but we've discovered galaxies as mature as our own in what was previously understood to be the dawn of the universe. Uh, apparently a big part of how they figured it out... Oh, here it is. Uh, the redness in astronomy... So, you know, they're, they're a bright, unusually red, is what, what the light's coming through as... Uh, it's, it's a proxy for age because as light travels across the expanding universe, it's stretched out or red-shifted. These galaxies appear to be roughly 13.5 billion years old, placing them around about 500 to 700 million years after the Big Bang. Um, of course, they in the past they found some that were like 350 million, but these were little bitty. And like the, it's always strange, and I might get this totally wrong, uh, but you know, with space, you know, one of the dimensions is time, and it's time is you know like a literal you know length by width times height times time and so a lot of what we see from all the telescopes is we're actually looking into the past uh because it takes so long for light to travel that what we see is not there now it's there whenever um so i guess what they're saying with this is because they're basically looking back in time something that was around uh 500 million years after the big bang should be a brand new galaxy like we've only seen before like all of them have been brand new because big bang just happened um but if these galaxies um are that mature that long ago then it's either that the big bang we're wrong about when that happened um or that we're wrong about how some of these solar systems form, about the dust and the clouds of dust and how everything comes together. Um, but it's, you know, it's kind of one or one way or the other. It seems. Um, so I think that's there's a 
Have you seen that uh, Ancient Apocalypse guy, that show on Netflix? Uh-uh. Oh, that's really cool. It's bit, this guy's got this theory that there was an advanced uh, human civilization uh, a while ago, and that basically there was this massive disaster, uh, asteroids hitting, funny enough, uh, that caused uh, you know, a global extinction-level event, caused the beginning of the massive ice age, um, so it was you know, that long ago uh, that it happened. And that basically there was uh, people that survived were mainly like hunter-gatherer types that just were in unaffected regions. Um, but uh, and he goes into but one of his thoughts is that uh, a lot of these ancient cultures have these stories of this dude just showing up at some point, like on a serpent. A lot of times there's a serpent involved. But basically, some dude shows up out of the blue, and next thing you know, they know how to farm and they know how to do all this crazy stuff. Hmm. And so you know, maybe the thought was like, this is some dude that survived from a more advanced society and then just was looking for people because he wanted to keep living now that the earth was going bad. Um, and that like some of the Aztec and Mayan structures, um, or whatever, some of these ancient structures, the people that we find living in there aren't the original people that lived in there. That basically they came across structures and they kind of tweaked them and stuff. Um, but he's got this thing that it's, everything's getting older or something like that. Everything keeps getting older. And so it seems like, um, and that's true. They keep finding uh, human remains that are older than that was been possible, you know. And so they keep having to dial that back. But it seems like the universe too. Like as our science gets better, uh, it just keeps getting older. Uh, yeah, I read accounts of um, Egyptian hieroglyphs uh, depicting electricity, hmm. which was interesting. I don't know. I mean, you could sure. obviously recreate your own hieroglyphs. Was it the battery thing? Or no, was it hieroglyphs? I'm not even. Yeah, it was in the hieroglyphs, like depicting a bright light shining that was not fire. Hmm. I know that there was a. I saw a picture of these like clay vessels, um, and they had something going on on the inside, uh, but they basically figured out it was a very early battery. You know how like in science class they teach you how you can do something with salt water yep. or whatever the and hell. A potato, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I forget. But there's some way, and it moves like, look, now we got electricity. I guess uh, like Sumerians or somebody uh, figured this out, and they'd have these giant pots, you know, and they're basically batteries. Huh. Yeah, so which makes you think like, what did they power? Right. And how? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's always interesting. But like, what one of the big things that I take away from you know all of uh, the ancient apocalypse or James Webb Telescope stuff is we have no idea. And, like, we know for a while, but, I mean, humanity used to, you know, if you came up, if you had the heliocentric view of the solar system, you're locked in a tower and ostracized. Like, nope, the Earth is the center of the universe, you know? And so, like, we've done that during the course of humanity. So I think it's foolish to pretend that we don't do that still today. Right. When people are certain. Yeah, well, to end on the most intelligent note, let's see. So we were talking about East Palestine. Uh, so, you know, East Palestine, the, the train wreck and all that. Well, uh, Biden decided after. So Biden, when he went to Ukraine, they said, like, oh, he's been thinking about it for a while, but it was on Friday that they finally decided to you know pull the trigger on the trip, you know. And it's like, okay, so after the East Palestine disaster, then you decide to go to Ukraine? Like, okay, I guess that helps somehow. Not that the president can help clean up anything, especially right. that daughter and fool. Um, God, the way he was walking in Poland, too, when he was over there, it's, it looks like he's gone. Anyway, so he hasn't been there yet. Buttigieg, uh, people are asking him because, you know, he's the transportation secretary. He's like, well, I'm letting these independent bodies do. I'm trying not to get in the, get in the way, but it'll be time to talk legislation and policy. And that's, you know, that's when it's appropriate for me to go. Uh, so he went, I don't know, a day or two ago. But, of course, who beat both of them there was <laughs> Donald Trump. So, like, Trump has thrown his hat in. You know, he's running for the Rep- Republican nomination. Um, and so he, he goes before all of them, and he shows up. You can go ahead. He shows up there with all these Donald Trump bottles of water. Let me see. <laughs> so he's got Trump brand water. Let me see if they talk about it here. Uh yeah, whatever. But uh, I wouldn't expect anything less. Oh yeah, he was just like, look, he's like, I've got, I'm bringing tractor trailers full of bottled water. It's Trump water. It's very great water, and some not as good water. But you know, we had to with tractor trailers. But he did. He said, like, I got the great water, the great Trump water. <laughs> he got the lesser water. <laughs> um, 
But so he said, he's like, I brought some of them planes. We have some now. There's tractor trailers coming. And so he went around shaking hands with everybody and doing that whole thing, you know. That's when I asked him. He's like, what's your message to President Biden? He said, get over here or something like that. And uh, this is actually probably the smartest thing that Trump has done for his re-election effort um, so far. I mean, he's just been, like, hanging out on Truth Social, like, talking smack about, like, DeSantis and whatever. And it doesn't really seem to matter. Uh, but this was actually smart. So after shaking hands, he uh, buys a nice array of McDonald's for all the residents. So he goes in, let's see, a former President Donald Trump ordered a nice array of McDonald's for first responders and residents of East Palestine, Ohio, on Wednesday, and declared he knows the menu better than anyone in the restaurant, including the employees. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. What, what's your specialty today? The 76-year-old former president told the woman running the register at the crowded eatery in town that's been on the edge, blah, blah, blah. The dad joke was followed by uh, Trump complimenting the nice, beautiful, <laughs> nice, beautiful-looking group of people. <laughs> looking beautiful. Look at these people. The most beautiful people I've ever seen. Um, behind the counter and in the kitchen of what is known to be one of his most beloved fast food joints. So I know this menu better than you do. I probably know it better than anybody in here, Trump told the McDonald's employees before indicating that he would take care of meals for the town's police and fire department and everyone in the restaurant. Uh, knock it out fast for us. We'll be eating on the plane, Hungry Trump requested. Uh, da, 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 da. Yep, so he went in there and he basically was paying for, he paid for everybody's food and he picked up the tabs for like lots of people uh, for McDonald's, you know, it's funny. Uh, oh, there it is. Yeah, earlier on Wednesday, Trump announced, oh, wait, no, that one. Let's go to, where's the thing with the water? Yeah, handed out 13 pallets of Trump branded spring water. I mean, 13 pounds is a lot of water. That's a lot. But yeah, Trump-branded spring water. I'm sure it's that same branding that we all can do. We just pay someone to slap a label on it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I got, you know, I got to admit, like, as far as... Smart. I mean, that's that makes an impact. It's silly. Like, he didn't, he didn't do much, but he showed up, and he shook a lot of hands, and he talked to a lot of people, and he said he cared. Um, and then he handed out bottled water, which is, if there's anything these people need right now, uh, would be bottled water. Uh, I know DeWine and the EPA guy showed up and they drank some water out of the tap. They're like, see, it's safe, guys. It's safe. And it's just, you know, once again, it's like, yeah, this is the reserve water. This right. Is, you know. Right. Do this again in six months when you open up those intakes, you know, then, mm-hmm. then I'll be impressed. Still, like, DeWine, like, was chugging it to show how safe it is. One of the other guys, the EPA guy, was just like... <laughs> mm, so good <laughs> but uh but yeah so I, I think um this is the first time he's looked presidential or like serious uh since announcing where he hasn't been talking about the last election he hasn't been talking about DeSantis uh talking a little bit about Biden not being there which is smart you know because he hadn't been there um but this is the first time since he announced or anything where I think, like, okay, maybe he does have a chance to, to win the nomination. He's very good with timing, that's for sure. So Yeah, sometimes he is. So he can be. That's that's the thing. You know, sometimes he's really savvy. Like, he's got, it seems like he's on top of all the marketing and everything. And sometimes he's just so stupid, where it's just like, why? Like, talking talk about the 2020 election or whatever. It's like, it's time to stop talking about the 2020 election, you know? And it, when you sit there from Mar-a-Lago sending out on Truth Social that you won the election and you got jobs and all that, it's just like people are tired of hearing about it. Like, true or false? Like, if it's true, it's like, okay, well, you're running against the exact same guys this time. Like, how are you going to stop them from cheating this time? And if it's false, it's false. And it's like, just shut up. You're lost, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so, I don't know. But this is, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he can... Add on to this and see if you can clear the field. Of course, uh, Nikki Haley is in the, the race now, too, which I think she's running for VP. They all run to win, of course, but um, with Trump and DeSantis, like there's just not enough air in the room for everybody else. But I think that I think her thinking might be like she's a governor, of course, but then she was the ambassador to the U.N., so that gives her some international kind of cred. Um, and one of the big knocks on DeSantis is that he doesn't really have a much, much like foreign policy. So I think it's, I think she's jumping in for, uh, to be the DeSantis Haley ticket. And that way she'll be in for, you know, the second female VP, but first of, well, I don't know, is Kamala Harris, does she have Indian descent too? She has something. 
Where is she? Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> she's far away from cameras where she can't hurt herself. Or her. right. She's talking about school buses and stuff. She's always talking about school buses and how much she loves them. And I don't know. That's her career from like from that the Democratic primary for that election till now, like the crash that is her career. I think Tulsi Gabbard single-handedly ruined her life in politics when she like during that debate thing when. What'd she call her out for, like, jailing all the pot smokers yeah. in California? Yep. And then laughing about it. All of a sudden, her numbers just went pew. And then since then, it's like, well, now she gets to be VP. And then she starts talking about school buses and whatever the hell. And just, yeah, with her nervous joker laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Um, you know, for you can always go to loadedtalk.com to find... Uh, best places to watch or to listen. Uh, if you do watch and listen, please subscribe, favorite, like, do all the things. We we just want you to like us. <laughs> um, so once again, I am Frank, and this has been Loaded Talk. What you got? Stay reasonable, Planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>